Hi, I'm Ellie, and I'm going through some pretty trying times on my very own trying to conceive journey. And if you're here, I'm guessing you are too. In this pod, we're talking about all things TTC and fertility to try and feel less alone as we get to know our bodies, while also exploring the different journeys that we might be on to try and meet our baby. Whether you're battling with infertility, trying after loss, or just starting out trying for the first time and you don't know where to begin, this pod is for you. Welcome to The Trying Times. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to episode two of The Trying Times, uh, where we're talking about all things trying to conceive. Today, I want to talk to you guys about hope, because I always say there is hope. There is always hope. Hope is what keeps me going. But hope is cyclical, it's not always there, and it's hard to keep hope all of the time. It goes in a circle, just like our cycles. We start at cycle day one, a complete new chance, like a real chance that this is going to be the one. And then it lulls a bit while we wait for ovulation, especially if ovulation is later than the average, that frustration builds (laughs) and hope just dips. And we think, is it ever coming? But then we hit peak and it's hello hope this is it it's baby making time and this is when you feel absolutely in your element and so productive and let's face it I feel a bit sexy during ovulation I mean we give off signals when we ovulate that make us more attractive and damn I feel more attractive then after peak we confirm that ovulation has happened and it's like yes body we did it (laughs) there's hope And then we jump into the two-week wait and those thoughts creep in like, did we do enough? Did we do it too much? Did we hit the right time? What if we missed it? We doubt ourselves and that hope dips again. But there is a chance and hope is alive. And at that point, there's nothing more we can do. So we just have to sit back and wait. The two-week wait. (laughs) Oh my God, the two-week wait. It goes so slowly, doesn't it? I always break those two weeks into two. So you've got the first week when you're feeling okay and like, well, I can't know anything yet. So it is what it is and that's that. And then that week isn't too bad. But then there's week two and that's as you get closer and closer to being able to test and getting a real result. Now, I always find that I don't want to test when it comes to it because I want to live in this little bubble of hope that this time is going to be positive. And as soon as I test and it says negative, as much as we say, oh, but it's early, there's still time for it to change. There's something about seeing one line that just crushes that hope. No matter how much we try for it not to affect it, it does. But who are we kidding? Like waiting later to test is too hard, right? Early testing is just so tempting. Like we'll talk about early testing another day, but yeah, so we keep on testing. Just in case it changes, we're trying so hard to keep that hope alive, but it's rapidly disappearing at this point, right? And don't get me started on the false hope we get with those stupid indent lines. Oh my God, they are a killer. And then as the days go on and the negatives keep coming, that's that, it's over like that chance has gone and it's failed and then we grieve for what we don't have like a lost opportunity like why didn't it work this time what's wrong with me all those thoughts come flooding back in so have we then hoped too much have we set ourselves up to fail personally I don't like to think like that having hope makes me feel good 
And we can't just feel crap all the time, like thinking the worst is always going to happen. And that's how I get through it. I use hope as a way to get through each cycle. Like it lifts me up and it makes me feel good for those moments. And I think that is important. But then is it toxic positivity? I don't know. I find the toxic positivity stuff really difficult because I get it, like fake it until you make it. Like if you force yourself to see the bright side of things, it does generally make you feel brighter, but then bottling the feelings isn't healthy either. So I'm number one bottler over here. So feeling sad sad and angry and the frustrated feelings is really, really important as well. I think what's important to say here is that it's okay to feel all of the feelings but it isn't okay to sit in them all of the time. Like I live by the rule of let myself have a day or a morning or a moment, whatever I need, have what that time just to process those dark feelings and then stop. At that point, I do something that makes me feel good. So that something that can just be as simple as going for a short walk outside or having a bath or getting lost in a book or a computer game. Like computer games have been a lifeline for me, honestly. Like through my last loss, I played the Hogwarts game and that was real escapism and I really needed that at that time. So feel it, allow it to happen, but then do something for you. Get those happy feelings back. And I'm not saying by any means that that's easy to do. Like, my God, it's hard. Like, it's work. But you have to really pull yourself out of it when you're feeling crap and that's the last thing you really want to be doing isn't it but it's so 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 worth it especially when you're living in this TTC and loss hole for such a long time we need ways to pick ourselves back out up and climb out of the hole just for a little while and that's where that feeling good and that hope and holding on to that works for me I mean the amount of days I just want to stay in bed and do nothing But when I do give in and do that, I feel so much worse than the days that I choose to say, no, not today. I'm getting up today. That darkness isn't going to win today. I get up, I eat something. I'm so bad at eating in the mornings, but I'm doing it. And I get myself outside, even if it's just for 10 minutes. And then I write a list of the things I want to achieve that day, like realistic things, not like a long list that's just gonna I'm gonna get to the end of the day and not have done it and feel worse about myself like a realistic list of things I can I can get done and those are the days that I feel good those are the days that I feel hopeful for the future let's just jump back to hope again because how can something that helps you feel good be a bad thing but then maybe hope can be a bad thing because of that old saying I got my hopes up and then there's blame because you blame yourself for getting your hopes up and believing in something that then didn't happen like it's a lot right it's heavy stuff so but what's the right thing to do when it comes to being positive and hopeful like I just don't know maybe not think about it at all probably but like that's impossible isn't it like how can we switch off from this it's impossible to switch off it's all you want it's literally everything to you And it's the same with anything in life. If you have a goal, you want to reach that goal, that becomes your life, that's your aim, that's, it becomes your total world. Yes, it is an obsession. But so is being in a career and wanting to build it up and be the best. When you have a dream, you become obsessed with getting that dream and we are allowed to be obsessed with it if we want to be. Now that's important. 
if we want to be. Like if you don't want it to be, then that's a whole other kettle of fish. Like how do you switch off? I have no idea and I'm still waiting for someone to tell me. <laughs> the amount of times I've been told to relax and let it happen. Even today, like I have heard those words said to me today. Relax, let it happen. But how? How on earth do you relax? No, please tell me because I could do with a piece of that heaven. But seriously, I guess you can compare it to workaholics, right? Now, Ben is a bit of a workaholic. He has always been married to his career and he's done really well for himself because of it. But it also means that we don't go on holidays or have breaks very often. And when we do, he brings his work with him. It's always on the end of his phone or the laptop comes with us. He's always working because it's his goal, right? He wants to be successful. He works and works and works to be the best and he doesn't switch off. He's even said to me that he works in his sleep and yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> it's the same with TTC. We work and we work and we work to be successful. We can't just relax. It isn't in our nature to when it's everything to us. It's eyes on the prize. The difference is with work, your failure comes from you. And if something goes wrong, it's down to you, like you getting something wrong. You've dropped the ball and that sucks. But you find a way to make it better and you carry on and you learn from your mistakes, right? And you're better for it. But with TTC, and I am going to put miscarriage here as well, when you get a negative test or lose a baby or both, you feel like you failed and it was your fault. And that was down to something that you did, but no, it wasn't. My God, no, it wasn't your fault. It really was not your fault. You tried your very, very, very best. You did everything that you could and the universe said, no, not this time. And that really, really sucks. And you can't find a way to make it better, but you still have to carry on. But you feel like a failure as you do, right? But it wasn't a mistake you made. You can't learn from a mistake and make a change. It doesn't work the same. It feels so much worse. I'm struggling a lot with this at the moment. I know I mentioned it in my last episode that I've recently had recurrent miscarriage testing results and I have a clotting issue that could have been fixed a long time ago and I just didn't know and that's hard. It's hard to think about it and accept that it wasn't my fault when it's been my body doing that. Um, and I can't say, oh, that was my mistake. I've learned from it. And next time my body won't do that thing. I mean, I'm hoping with the right medication that next time we can fix it. But that's beside the point. I didn't make a mistake and therefore lose my baby. It wasn't a problem that I knew anything about and I couldn't have changed it. Each cycle we have a what? Is it 20% chance of conceiving? Like it's pure luck if that egg and sperm meet. It's pure luck if that egg and sperm turn into a perfect embryo. It's pure luck if it implants successfully in the right place. And when it doesn't and it turns into a negative or a loss, then we can't really learn from that. It wasn't a mistake from us. We did nothing, yet we blame ourselves. And jumping back to relaxing for a moment. When I fell pregnant with Angel, my first loss, I called them Angel when they were in my tummy and it just stuck. Um, I was the most stressed I've ever been. I was burnt out from my job and I made the heartbreaking decision to leave my profession. Um, and I was about to go into hospital for surgery for endometriosis. I was crying almost every day. I couldn't see a way out. And somehow in all of that hell, 
And yes, I'll call it hell because it was a really rough time for me. I fell pregnant and that baby stuck around for eight to nine weeks. And that wasn't because I relaxed. I didn't have a relaxed bone in my body at that time. And the last time I fell pregnant, back in February, it was the opposite. I did relax somehow. Um, I have no idea how that worked, but I did relax and I went on a skiing trip during my two-week wait. And that time I fell pregnant too, but that one didn't last past five weeks. So relaxed or not relaxed, pregnancy still happened and it didn't make a difference. So if you take anything from today's pod, I want you to listen really carefully to this. One, you are allowed to be hopeful. You are allowed to feel happiness and hope that this time could be it. Number two, it's okay to sit in the negative feelings for a while, but it's also important not to stay there for too long. Do it for as long as you need to, but then take control back and say, no, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to choose me. I'm choosing joy. Three, you're allowed to be obsessed. That's a funny one, isn't it? Like, I'm telling you, you're allowed to be obsessed if you want to be, if you choose to be, because you want this more than anything and you'll put your energy into it because it's your dream. That's okay. You're allowed to work for your dream just like anybody else works for their dreams. Your dream is to have a baby. And number four, (laughs) you don't have to be relaxed to fall pregnant. I am proof of that. You don't have to be relaxed. Anyway, I've talked for long enough. (laughs) And honestly, I could talk about this until the cows come home. But enough of Ellie's rants for today. (laughs) I'm sure you are sick of my voice by now. Um, But next week, we have a big topic to talk about. We're going to be talking all about ovulation tests. So if you are new to TTC or you're just getting started in your journey or you're not really sure how ovulation tests work and you've not used them before but you are interested in them come along and have a listen to that episode um you can access that a whole week earlier by joining over on patreon which you can access through my website um and come and join our TTC community uh, where we are having fortnightly zoom calls and there is a discord server where we can all get together and talk about the episodes. So come and have a chat about hope and relaxing and obsessing if you'd like to. Um, But yeah, I can't wait to talk to you all about ovulation tests in the next pod. So I will speak to you soon. Bye.